Good morning. Well, welcome to Bond Sunday Morning Service. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. Uh, and good morning again, everybody here. Oh, happy day. Isn't this like a happy day? No, huh? They're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> We're so happy about it. Um, <laughs> yesterday we had um, uh, a Second Amendment and Freedom Rally uh, at the federal building here in Los Angeles from 2 to 4 p.m. And um, we went out there because the folks who were against the Second Amendment had a rally, and we found out a day or two before that they were doing it. So we went out there to show that not all of us agree with that, uh, taking our guns like that. And um, it was, I was really, and I want to say thanks to everybody that showed up because it was a last minute notice. And normally people don't show up if you give them a two weeks notice. But we had a lot of folks to come and, and show up yesterday. And I, we had every race out there. We had blacks, Hispanics, Chinese. I, th- I guess that woman, some of them, they look like Chinese. Well, they, it's hard for me to know a Chinese from a, a Japan lady, from a, a person from a... Because <laughs> it's like black, they all look alike. All the whites and Jews look alike. All the blacks and... The <laughs> uh, but one happy thing, it was really nice to see a lot of black people out there yesterday. That looked really, really well. Uh, because I believe that if black people were to wake up and get involved, we could save the country overnight. I really totally believe that. And the reason for that, because we've been so used, you know, we've been used for everything, every destruction, we've been used for that. And so I think now if blacks were to turn on these folks and stand up for good, we can change America for the good. I really do. And so thank you for showing up. And uh, Irma's, the PR guy, did an excellent job of putting that together in such a short span of time. I, I know that if we lose our Second Amendment, we might as well hang it up. We, really, you can just say goodbye. Excuse me. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. I think anyone, anyone, and if someone here disagrees with me, I'm so okay with that. But I think anyone who thinks that it's okay to turn your guns over to the government, to just let them take your guns, is a fool. Really, they just don't see what's going on. They really, really just don't see. And I realize that, you know, I don't think it's a sin that you don't do it, so I'm not calling you a sinner. Is there a difference between a sinner and a fool? No. <laughs> I'm just asking. I think the whole Constitution is important, but the First and Second Amendment, in my opinion, is at the top of the list. And if you notice the children of Satan, that's what they want to do. They want to shut you down, and then they want to take away the right to protect yourself. And one thing leads to another. It is mind-blowing. But it was so, if I could use a liberal word, it was so healthy being out there. <laughs> it was just so healthy. <laughs> um, one thing I noticed about children of Satan, they, don't, they can't handle any light at all, none. They cannot handle any opposing view. They go like insane. If one person had stood out there against them, they all would have attacked him. Poor Judy. Judy from Corona came, and she had to walk through them, the children of Satan. <laughs> and they attacked her before she could even get across the street. I saw it on the news last night. They had gathered around, just yelling at her. And, and poor Judy, she was still standing up, though. She held her ground. I'm like, right on. And the reason that they are like that, the children of Satan, and I think a lot of Christians don't realize, is that we have the power in us. We have the light in us. We have the power. But Christians don't realize that. Not all, of course, but most do not realize that. And the children of Satan, and it's not the person per se, but that spirit that lives in that person or those people, they can see the light in you, and that's what scares them. That's what they don't like. 
But the, the Christians don't realize that. You don't realize you have the power for everyday living. There is never a reason you should fail in life or lose in life. Not a reason you should lose. You have it in you to win in every area of life. Isn't that amazing? And then the greater the opposition is, it's like it should be hallelujah time for the Christians because uh, that brings out the best in us. I had several people call my radio show and complaining, oh, they take away all our rights, they're doing this. And so I asked, what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, I'm not doing anything. I just call radio shows and, and talk about them. And I said, well, why don't you do something? Well, the media are not going to show up, and the, the, the politicians are all making their own decisions anyway. And I'm like, to me, that's more of a reason to do something. That's not a reason not to do something. But I realized a lot of people go and protest because they want to be on TV. They want the media to focus on them. They want to be recognized. They're not out there because it, it's the right thing to do. You know, and that's what, the, you know, their motivation is wrong. How many times the media has not showed up for us? I could care less. Yes, it's nice when they show up. You reach more people. But the fact that we brought some light into the darkness means more to me than anything else. Pastor would tell me a story about some guy, and he'll share it with you guys later. He read this book where some guy took off for a year and lived in the woods without anything. And all the revelation that he got just being out there and being alone it was mind-blowing. So he wrote a book about it. And one thing he shared with me short you know, this morning was that the guy said that a lot of people sell what they love doing out for money. They'll sell out for money. Instead of loving the work that they do and being glad to have that work and do the best they can do with their hands or with their work, whatever it may be, They'll sell out for the money, and so they lose their purpose in life. And a lot of people are like that. I absolutely love what I do. And when I say I love it, I'm not like walking around all in love with it, you know. (laughs) 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 And I'm not walking around thinking that I'm in love with it either. I just, I I do it for free. You know, it just, and it comes naturally. And I'm grateful for it. When I had my janitorial service, I had the same attitude about having that janitorial service that I have about what I do now. I was just so, um, I was grateful to be doing something, to have work, to have a job, to, and, and notice how it just bring the best out of me. And then the money came. But most people focus on the money and they lose sight of enjoying what they do in life. I don't care what it is. If you're a janitor, if you're a cook, a housekeeper or whatever, if you just love doing it, be grateful, the money part will work out because God would take care of you. But most people don't know that. And I think that's why these folks don't show up for rallies. The media is not going to be there, so why must I go? How dumb is that, huh? To me, see, I tell you they're a fool. They can't see they're blind. And in the scriptures, it says, do not be like the Pharisees. They're hypocrites. And I want to read that for you. Uh, let's see here. This is in Matthew 23, page 147. Um, with the hat on, come and read it for me. Huh? Come up here. No, come up here. <laughs> Oh, chapter 23 of Matthews, 1 through 12. Yeah. Okay, and I'll tell you why I like this so much in a minute here. Okay, right here. Start right here and end right there. Okay. I like your hat inside the building. Then addressing the crowds (laughs) and his disciples, Jesus said... The scribes and the Pharisees occupy the chair of Moses. You must therefore do and observe what they tell you, but do not be guided by what they do, since they do not practice what they preach. 
They tie up heavy burdens and lay them on people's shoulders. But will they lift a finger to move them? Not they. Everything they do is done to attract attention, like wearing broader headbands and longer tassels and a fedora like mine, like wanting to take the place of honor at banquets and the front seats in the synagogues, greeting, being greeted respectfully in the market squares and having people call them rabbi. Are we down to here? Oh, sorry. Yeah. You, however, must not allow yourselves to be called rabbi. Since you have only one master and you are all brothers, you must call no one on earth your father. Since you have only one father and he is in heaven, nor must you allow yourselves to be called teachers, for you have only one teacher, the Christ. The greatest among you must be your servant, anyone who raises himself up will be humbled, and anyone who humbles himself will be raised up. Thank you, buddy. Thanks a lot. All right, give it back to you. Isn't that amazing? That is so churchy. This, <laughs> this is exactly what's happening in the churches around the country. They are building these huge church buildings. Everybody and their mama going to them, being just like the preacher. And you don't ever see the preachers out on the front line they're not at war with anybody or anything. They're just going there and the people are honoring them. I even know, I know people who don't even call the preacher, the preacher by his name. They call him pastor. <laughs> they don't even say pastor whatever, right? Pastor. I'm like, pastor who? Pastor is only, it only tells you what kind of work. It's like doctor, lawyer, Indian chief. It just tells you what kind of work. It's not your name. But these people love to be honored and worship, and the people go there and do it. They don't encourage the flock to get out and fight back, you know, take part in the war, let your light shine in the darkness. They do none of that. And these Christians are going to church and just satisfied with that. I don't understand why would you even want to have a strong spirit, a powerful spirit of God inside of you, you're not going to do anything. What's the purpose of having it? Just to brag about it or something? Oh, I know the Lord. And quote scriptures until the cows come home. What is the purpose of that? And the preachers are so phony. I was, saw a preacher today being interviewed. 30,000 people in his church, and he does nothing. Just make them feel good about being there. And the people fall for it. And then... Unfortunately, even when they worship the pastors and uh, get all these robes and things for them and make the pastor feel good, the Christians who are sitting in the churches, not all, not all, not all, but their families are not even working either. Not only are they not going out on the front line, but their families are not working. So something is wrong with that. And, and they don't question it because the, the preacher won't question it. They don't ask themselves, well, what in the world am I just going to church for? How come I'm not involved? Why am I afraid to be involved? You know what I'm saying? I don't understand that kind of like, even when I was just the worst of the worst, and I'm not saying I'm so great now, I'm just saying, I still knew something wrong with the way I was living, and I knew something wrong with having fear, and I knew something was wrong with um, not living as though I had a powerful life. But I didn't know how to get there because the Bible, they read this over and over and over again in the Bible as I was growing up. But I'm thinking, well, is that true? How come I don't have it? You know, why am I just going to church looking good and not really, I have fear about everything. You ever question yourself like that? No. Only one person. All right. Let me just do one more scripture. I know you, some of you hate reading all these scriptures. Uh, this is Matthew 5, 13 through 16. And this is all about what's happening right now in life. And God tells us not to be that way. You got power. Go out in the world and let your light shine. And if you notice, Christ didn't even have a church. Did Christ have a church anywhere? He didn't have a church. He was out protesting against the gays. 
<laughs> he was out protesting against the people who were trying to take away our rights to bear arms. He was so much against that, taking away our rights to bear arms, that this guy, is it Samson, who defeated Goliath? David. David, David defeated Goliath with a slingshot, right? Is that right? Yeah. And so God, God said, you know what? Let him take your gun. I'll put the power in a slingshot, and you can kill him that way. He was so against them taking away the right. But the Christians here, do they, do they understand that? No. Why have the light if you're not going to use the light? Um, George, I mean, not George, but Douglas, would you come read this for me? Oh, you're not going to read it anymore because of that? You're not comfortable doing it. You're not going to face your uncomfortableness? Not today. <laughs> You're going to put it off for tomorrow. Okay, I understand. I respect that. Um, this is uh, 5, 13 through 16. 13, 5, 13, okay. This is so good. This is better than cake and ice cream <laughs> with peanuts and strawberry soda. It is so good. This here is so good. If this doesn't get you, then I don't know what will. Can you come read this for me? Sure. Come here. I'll tell you things. Matthew 5, 13 through 16. So from here, started with just heading and end right there. Salt for the earth and light for the world. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its taste, what can make it uh, salty? Again, it is good for nothing and can only be thrown out to the, and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hilltop cannot be hidden. No one likes a lamp to put it under a tub. They put it on the lampstand where it shines for everyone in the house. In the same way, your light must shine in the people's sight so that, seeing your good works, they may give praise to your Father in heaven. Thank you. So why have the light if you're not going to put it on top of the hill or mountain so that the world can see it and be drawn unto the same God that you're drawn unto? Why have the light if you're going to hide the light? I really would like to know that. And, and, and not just in this room, but out there in the world, too. Why go to church every day to learn about the truth and then go out of the door and fail in life? And then you don't question that. In God, there is no fear. Really, there is no fear. Yesterday, there were more of them because they were out there. The union brought them out there and all that kind of stuff, right? And I know the union brought them out there because... Uh, um, I used to work for the union. I know how the union operates. And, uh, but I have another example for you, though. So there are a few of us and a truckload of them. That's what I like about the light. One can change the world because we got everything on our side, everything, right, on our side. And so those people on the other side couldn't stand seeing the few on this side. It just warmed down. They were, like, ir irritated, agitated, and upset. As a matter of fact, a couple of them came over to get us. <laughs> there were two black women who came over, and, and they were like, uh, where is South Central L.A. Tea Party located? I said, here's my car. You can go on the site and check it out. We're all over. I said, we're in South Central We are not in South Central L.A. Um, I live in South Central L.A. And she said, you guys are just Republicans anyway. And she got all mad. <laughs> And then the lady that was with her, she was like, you should be ashamed of yourself being black and being out here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she said, like, we are, referring to black men and women, we are kings and queens. We were here first. And then she said, I'm a queen. And I said... <laughs> I said, uh, lady, which one? Was she black? Uh, as black as the ace of spades from South Central. 
And she said, who, who are paying you to be here? I said, the same people who are paying you. And that shut her up. And then, and then she said, I'm a queen. I said, lady, I can think of many things to call you. Queen is not one. <laughs> and then she said, I am. And I'm a Christian. I said, Christian is not one either. And she got mad and ran away. Um, and then we had these two other women who came over who happened to be white women, uh, white women. They had like this sign of little kids who've been murdered or killed by guns. And so they were like all walking around like this. All in your face like this. And then she came over to me with the, the sign of the, the, the kid. And I said, oh, is that child? No, she said, we're about life. I said, is that child dead or living? He's dead. I said, hey, you're not about life. You're holding up a dead person picture. You are not about life. I'm about living now and protecting myself while I'm alive. And so and then she ran away too. I knew y'all were mean. <laughs> I said, I didn't ask you to come over here. And so we had to deal with them with patience, with honesty, and let our light shine, and you will impact somebody. You really will. But if you hide away, and spirituality is different than religion. When you're born of God, when you're born of the light, you're supposed to go and live. Spirituality, I mean, religion is about going to church and fronting it, fronting it and pretending to be a Christian. All up in people's faces, making them mad, right? Just quote scripture. But spirituality, being born again of the light, is about power, authority, living, being free, and all that. And if you have fear, you're not of God. If you're not out on the front line, and I'm not telling you which front line to be on. You're not wrong just because you're not at a gun rally. You know what I'm saying? But I'm saying you need to be on the front line at work, at home, at play, at church, at fun time, at dating, at being married, at every aspect of your life. You need to be on the front line, letting your light shine. You understand that? No? Once you get saved, you will. <laughs> you will understand it and you will appreciate it. You really, really will. It changes your whole life, your concept of life, your precepts of life. It changes everything when you are truly guided by the light. Really. I noticed yesterday, thank you for coming, but some people are just there for the media. As soon as the camera showed up, they run it all over to the cameras. Or they wanted, they wanted so badly to go and attack the children of Satan. They just, I, I, we had to literally hold them down. I'm like, no, we're not going to, this is a peaceful rally. We, we deal with them, we be honest, but we're not going to attack them. We have to let our light shine. Just letting your light shine is enough, believe me. But speaking up when you have to and not having fear, it does impact. It really, really does. And uh, so I want you to know that. And then I got one more scripture, and I'm done with the scripture thing. Um, this is from James 1, chapter 1, verse 22 20 through 25. James chapter 1, 22 through 25. The only thing the scriptures are doing is validating what we already know within ourselves. All he's doing is telling you, hey, I'm giving you the power. Christ has, has returned. Well, Christ came, put everything back in order. All authority has been given unto you. Isn't that something? He's just telling us what we already know. James 1, 22 through 25. Rhonda, will you come and read this? You notice I'm not using white people to read today. <laughs> I'm using blacks and Mexicans. What I do, mess up last time? Huh? What I do, mess up last time? No, you do it so well. I use you all the time. But I want blacks to learn to read too. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just joking. And I'm talking about myself. One of the reasons I have everybody, I have people to come up and read too, because I can't read that well either. Uh, let's see, what page is this for me? 1997. Rodney, how do you feel when I make that joke about black not reading? I just think you're crazy. See there? <laughs> That's all you think about it, and you'll be fine. 
1997 for me here. Okay, here we go. One, uh, chapter 1, verse 22. Oh, through uh, 25. So start right here, but you must, and then undertake it. But you must do what the word tells you and not just listen to it and deceive yourselves. Anyone who listens to the word and takes no action is like someone who looks at his own features in the mirror and once he's seen what it looks like, goes off and immediately forgets it. (laughs) But anyone who looks steadily at the perfect law of freedom and gets to it, not listening and forgetting, but putting it into practice, will be blessed in every undertaking. Amen, amen. Isn't that sweet? I know so many people, and you do too, and some of you may be guilty, you come here for an example, you hear the truth, don't judge your enemies, don't judge yourself, don't gossip about people, get involved, and before you can get out of the door, you forgot about it. I have heard people admit, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm afraid, or I'm, I'm this or that, and they don't realize in that very moment of seeing that about themselves, they have changed in that very moment. But they forget it, and the moment they walk outside the door, they're back in their old way for the whole week. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I know no one here is guilty of this. <laughs> I'm talking to the other folks. <laughs> but that's mind-blowing to me. It really, really is. It, it is, it is, it is. Now, either you don't realize you have the light, or you don't care about having the light, or you don't have the light. The interesting thing is, most all people have that opportunity to just receive it. I mean, it's just there for you, just like that. And you can change just like that, right? But the church have made that difficult for you, too. The churches have done that to you, too. And God is right at hand. I'm telling you, it's so beautiful. And you can fight any war. And not you, but he's just, he let you see. He's like, it's something fighting through you, fighting through you, right? And you know you're not doing it. But you know the source is coming from somewhere else. Just like the children of Satan. I don't know if they know that the source is coming from somewhere else, the things that they do, because I don't remember just thinking of, oh, I'm driven by Satan. But at the time, I was driven by the devil, his spirit, his identity. Isn't that amazing? Is this like good news or what? No? Is it good news? Y'all don't sound all happy about it. (laughs) It's good news. And uh, in my prayer, I always ask God to give me more light. You know, I want more wisdom. I sit quietly and know him, but I always say, you know what, just give me more light. Because I know if he gives me the light, the more light, if there is such thing as more light, then I'm going to see what to do and what not to do. You know, everything else is apparent to you. And I, I want to encourage you to ask him for it. Give you more light. You don't have to ask for a car or a horse and a buggy or whatever it is you want. He, you would see how to get those things. They will be added unto you if you're guided by the light. And I want you to have the light. And I realize that we can win this physical battle without a whole truckload of people. It really doesn't take but one or two with the light. But the more that are out there fighting, the greater impact we will have around the country. Not just here in L.A., but around the country. Let your light shine. And if your light is not shining, then I would really go back in my prayer closet, shut up and know God, because you don't know him yet. He's, he's all-powerful. We are his children. We are brothers and sisters in him, and, and he would take care of us. But you got to let him guide you. And then i got to throw this out there, and then I'll take your uh, questions and comments. Um, we have a petition on the White House website, and we have to put it on the web- website. And we also have it at my website, bondaction.org. And it's the second emancipation proclamation for white people. We want to free white Americans up or white people up to, uh, to free them up to speak the truth when it comes to the issue of race, when it comes to race issues. Most white people are afraid to the core. And my heart goes out to them because that's holding them back in life. And that fear is being passed down to their children, to their children, to their children, children, right? 
And then the children who are on the side of evil, they are coming up and they are taking the place of the adults who are on the side of evil and pushing white Americans underground even more so. I see it so clearly. It's not even funny. And as I said, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, never mind the color. And I know that when we start the organization now, it's for waking up all people, but especially black people. But we got to wake white Americans up too because they're losing their children and their souls and they're under stress. And if they know God, they would not be feeling that way either. That way either. And lo and behold, I had no idea that there would be white Americans who would be afraid to sign the petition. I, it just never occurred to me. And I knew some blacks were, and Hispanics were not going to sign it. I did an interview yesterday, uh, Friday on a liberal black show. They, I mean, they went after me about this second emancipation proclamation of white. They're like, you're a real Uncle Tom now. You get the Uncle Tom Award. What is wrong with you? White people are already free, but white people are not free. I don't care how much money they have. If you have fear, you're not free. If your family life is broken, you're not free. I don't care how much where you live. If you're not, if you're not, if you have fear, you're not free. God wants you to not to have fear. And so we made this announcement a week ago now, I think. Maybe two, but definitely two weeks or so. And I brought it up in my own church. And I had some white people who told me they were afraid. My good, good, dear friends. <laughs> and I was shocked. And I started to call them this week and say, what is wrong with you? You're a real Uncle Tom, a sellout. You're selling out your own race. But I said, no, let me give them a week to think about it. And, uh, and so I want to go to you, Mr. White Man. I thought that was, was a good friend of yours. Yeah, you're a dear friend. You're talking about somebody else. You're closer than a brother. And you will not sign the petition because of... Right, well, you notice I didn't say your name this time. No, I, I don't, so I don't here's want to put you the, out there. One of the, the interesting parts of this... I'll give you, let me give you a little example of something that happened this week. I was talking to somebody... Well, let's just make it clear. You're as white as snow, right? I, a very good friend of yours used to look at you and look at me and go, Man, he is so white. <laughs> I, re- I remember that. You white on the I mean. anyway, so, No, I had a situation happen. I was talking to somebody... Uh, at a public place, and I got a text from a friend who was on an airplane and uh, was mentioning a prominent public figure who was pregnant at the time. And I said, geez, I wonder who her husband is, right? And they mentioned a big fuss about this person on the plane. And the person I was talking to, the lady I was talking to, said, um, uh, I wonder who... She goes, uh, so-and-so uh, is the father, and he's the baby daddy. And I said, baby daddy? I said, what does that mean? I never heard that. And it was the daddy of the baby rather than some other kind of daddy. And I thought, well, it's kind of a charming southern phrase. The person I talked to, the person I talked to said, well, it's not southern, it's black, right? And to my right was a black man. And the person I talked to was also white, was embarrassed for having said that and, and felt that she was being racist. And I said, not at all. You're simply using a black cultural phrase, yeah. right? Calling somebody's, somebody's baby daddy. <laughs> and, I, and, and suddenly what, what, it was an example to me of what, I, and I did not feel that was a racist comment at all. That was just a phrase like you use. Yeah. Um, now, it occurred to me that this is an example of people being very afraid of the slightest thing. I will also tell you that corporate America, HR departments, have raised the level of fear in all, and I'll, I'll not use your phrase, not all, not all, I'll say all employees about saying the slightest thing. And it goes not just with blacks, right? It, there's a you know there's incidents I'm very aware of of Latinos that are that way. Um, <laughs> Asians tend to, from my experience, tend to be a little bit less that way. But I don't know among themselves. Perhaps they speak that way. There is this huge oversensitivity to the entire subject. So yeah. I'm coming from that frame of reference. Yeah. And I realize that people can be fired for not even speaking up. 
because their companies are afraid of being sued. Yeah. Um, and the, the level of freedom um, that is being attacked is, is beyond what you would imagine. Uh, there was a statement uh, a fellow in another company was showing me that uh, if you use the company's computers, assets owned by the company, you give up any, um, the word wasn't thought of, any, any thought of, essentially, privacy. Any, any thought that you might have any privacy on that computer. Yeah. Now, the way people use computers today, that's impossible to, uh, to, to really take away. You've got letters from friends or something like that on your office computer. So it's pretty pervasive all the way around, and it scares the living bejesus out of people, right? And so are you afraid like that, too? Well, I, I had to say I was, but like you said, the moment you hear that, you go, hmm, right? And so I decided I was going to sign the petition because uh, you, uh, I'm not the type to like to walk around afraid and quiet. Yes. Right? I'll be afraid and noisy. But um, so I, <laughs> I, I felt, because you see it everywhere among yeah. everyone, and there's all kinds of this stuff happening, right? Um, well, see, what is happening, I don't think a lot of people realize, it wasn't like this 30 to 40 years ago. It wasn't this bad where they had taken over the companies. But a lot of children of Satan who were complaining way back then, they are now heads of these companies. The men and women are now running these companies, and so they are bringing this kind of fear in there, telling the people who own the businesses, if they say this, you're gonna, you know, we're going to do this you're to you. You lose the company, you're going to right. get sued. So it has gone from the individual whites, when Jackson and all those people started out, to even the younger blacks who are very educated, and they're in there with the same mindset, and they are now controlling the companies. We're, we run into that a lot, especially with grants and things. The enemies are the head. They are, run, they, uh, they are running the, 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 the uh, jailhouse now. But that would not have happened had white Americans not had the fear. If they didn't have the fear way back then and stood up, did what was right, but not came into the fear, it wouldn't be as, they wouldn't be, con the enemies of what is right wouldn't be controlling in the manner that they're controlling now. They are at the head, they're in the government, they're everywhere now. That's because white people are afraid. And that's what happens when you have fear. You lose your family, you lose your life to evil. And you just, and I don't understand. And I don't understand how you call yourself a man or woman of God and live like this. I mean, you had the fear before you came to God. Why didn't something change after you believed in him? You know what I'm saying? You ask God, oh, please take away the fear. Give me peace. And so he said, okay, you have it. But now you sit and you're like, oh, I believe in the Lord. Hey, man, praise Jesus, I'm a Christian. But you still have the fear, and you, you should go, why? You know, and I understand that people don't want to lose jobs, and there's a right time and a right place for everything. But why put a job? And I'm not telling you to run out and lose your job. You need to have wisdom in all that you do. But why put anything physical before what is right? When God is in control of everything, he owns everything. And if you're his son or daughter, why wouldn't you believe him that he'll take care of you? Why wouldn't you believe that? It's about the character of the person. Really, if you have good character, you believe in what is right, another opportunity will open up for you. Now, I'm not telling you run and lose your job, because some people foolishly go and lose their jobs, and they should. <laughs> But when you're you using wisdom... Patience, you did say patience was important. Yeah, patience is important. The right timing is important. And God would guide you in that if you're guided by the light. You hear him talking about the light here? It's in you. It really is in you. I heard a preacher say something that was good and true. And I'm like, wow, I never thought of it that way. He said that, remember when Tiger Wood, the golf player, he was so popular. He had a lot of money. He was doing, he had like, I guess a billions of dollars or whatever. He was doing very well, right? Yes, he, he, when he, was, he did well because he played well on the court. He earned it. But because everybody had an, a, a good image of him, they thought he was a good guy, a man of character, his pay salary went up based on the character and the talent. But it, he got more money for being, this image of being a good man, an uh, honest man or fair man, his character, right? 
But as soon as it was discovered that he wasn't this image that people had of him, he lost most of his money from losing his image, his character, rather than uh, his playing golf or being so good. The, char- the power was in the character of the person. It really is because that is of God. And so I want you to live. It's about the character. Don't be afraid. Speak up. Get involved. This is, you, this is the greatest country in the world. This is a Judeo-Christian country. And we're just going to sit back and, lo- it's like ha- and lose it. It's like having kids. You've done all your best, and now they're in trouble with the public out there, the world, something happened. And you just say, oh, okay, nothing I have to do about it. I just, all my work gone to waste. There are more of them than me. No, there are more of you with the power of God in you. There is. You have that power. That makes sense at all? Yes. Anybody disagree with me at all? What do you mean? A little bit. A little disagreement. Yeah. Okay. We'll go to the little disagreement first. Okay. Uh, let me just uh, first say that I saw the movie 42, and what I realized is that it made um, that black people back then were tougher during the era of segregation because they were called all kinds of names, and they could withstand all that. And I recommend that movie. It's a great movie by Jackie Robinson. Speaking of that movie, on Friday when that liberal host was interviewing me, who happened to be black, he said, uh, did you see the movie 42? I said, no, I haven't seen it yet, but I know uh, about Jackie Robinson. And I said, I know that he was a, uh, a tough guy. He was the kind of man that when things got tough, he became tougher as well. And I said, that's how black people used to be when I was growing up. They didn't just lay back and blame others for it. They took on the challenge. They took it head on. And I said, unfortunately, because blacks are not thinking that way today, they've been spoiled. They don't have strong family values. They're not taking on the challenge. And he got mad at me saying that. That's not true. Black people are, I'm like, name one challenge that they're taking on where they're not getting help from the government or the media. They're just doing what they got to do. He couldn't name anything. But back in those days, black people had character, strong character. And they didn't say, oh, it's racism, so I'm just going to kick back or I'm just going to do nothing and blame the white man and wait for affirmative action. That man is a good example. I said to him, Jackie Robinson, by the way, was a Republican. He didn't like that at all. I'm like, and black used to be Republican. But I'm just, you got to put the truth out there. You cannot be afraid. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so I was going to say, I think all the, all the political correctness made racial relations worse. And by the way, the majority of the people that were at the movie were white people at the uh, Jackie Robinson movie. Um, but one thing I think I disagree with you on is, if I heard you correctly, it's not just the black people that are in these positions of power that are passing these rules of policy. It's white people, too. Um, yeah. It's so pervasive, because black people don't run a lot of these corporations. But like Ed was saying... It's the HR department, and it's Human everywhere. Human resource, it's in, HR. It's in education. It's in the politi- political realm. Because whites were afraid, and they allowed the liberal whites and blacks, which are children of Satan, to just intimidate them. And you can't say anything about women unless they're a, 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 a Christian women. You can talk about the Christian woman. Say whatever you want about her. Never mind how off it is. You can't say anything about the blacks. You can't say anything about the Hispanics, you can't say anything about out of wedlock birth. You can't say this. And, and white people are like, oh, okay, right. okay, okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> anything else? Okay. There's the point I'm making is and that, that it, it just goes beyond race everywhere. And so there's so a what bigger, do you disagree with me about? Well, I'm saying there's, it's not just a black and white thing. I think there's a bigger agenda behind it. Well, that's why we have the second uh, emancipation trying right. to help white people now. Right to shut down the discussion. Yeah. Everything has to be politically correct. How do you let Satan tell you what to do? The children of Satan. Even in your mind, I'm talking about, I'm not just talking about in the physical, but how do you let Satan convince you right is wrong if you're a child of God? Don't you ask yourself these kind of questions? No. You should. <laughs> then you get some help. Uh, are you going to sign the petition? I won't say your name either. Are you going to sign the second emancipation proclamation? Um, what whites? You haven't decided yet. Is there a little fear to do it? Yes. There is fear. Um, you believe in God? 
you do. And have, have you ever thought to yourself, well, if I have fear and I believe in God, what's wrong with me? Have you ever asked, asked yourself that? Yes. And what, what answer did you get? Um, well, we talked about it last week. I think it's that you, you forget that, that you have the spirit in you and that the spirit's going to take care of everything. And um, you have that promise. Um, yep. And I, I heard what you said. I, I thought your discussion was very clear. Um, but that's so powerful what you just said. Think about this. You have the promise of God. He didn't say, oh, I might do it. <laughs> Let's wait and see. Go out there and make a fool of yourself, and then I'll decide. You have his promise that he'll take care of you. God made a promise. Is that something? It's not like your friend made a promise and they let you down, which most of the time is going to happen anyway. But he made a promise to you. You got his word that you're going to be fine. But go ahead. I'm sorry. But I just thought that word was so powerful. Well, Do you believe his promise? Yes. And you still want, you're still not sure about signing it? Right. But I just I need to get comfortable with the same sort of things that you were talking about. That, yeah. Um, why would you put your job or your position in front of the right thing to do? I get that. Because these, those things are here today and gone tomorrow. They don't even stay with you. People don't stay with you. Why put anything, anybody, before what is right? Why? You know they don't mean it good to you. You, know, you see it come and go all the time. It's not even with you. Always. God is with us always. I guess, Jesse, I believe that... That what you're saying is, I, I believe that the situation has gotten bad, but I don't know that I necessarily believe that having the government say yes or no to a particular proclamation is going to make any difference in that realm. I can, I can carry my light without it having to be a political petition. But it's not political. It's spiritual. And see, but you're that's doing a, it through political means. I'm, I'm just taking the physical action to do that the world requires. You know, we have to follow the law, right? But it's spiritual. I see all things as spiritual. I literally see all things as spiritual. Being afraid is spiritual. Right. And so we're sending a message out there to the children of Satan. No, children of Satan, you're not going to control us like this anymore. But there's no law that says that I can't say whatever I want to say. So there's not a law that we're fighting against. It's not against the law. Once we get the 100,000 citizens to the president is going to have to recognize it. And then we'll do the next step. Maybe we'll pass a, a no-fear white law. <laughs> you just never know. I don't think you can legislate fear or no fear. So no, I guess I that's my problem is that I don't really see it as being a legal issue. Let me just I say, see it as being a spiritual issue that I need to deal with. But how about others that how about others that this proclamation is going to get their attention and maybe that can help wake them up too? There's more to it. Don't let the devil give you such a limitation on this. This is happening for a reason. I mean, there's a major discussion going on right now about the fear of white people because of the proclamation. You know, it's out there. People are talking about it now. And whites are starting to take a look. And blacks are and Hispanics as well. Others are. It's bringing on consciousness right now. Had we not put it out there, it would not have brought on this sense of consciousness about, yeah, this is true. You know what I'm saying? But Satan to tell you, oh, that's political. It ain't going to mean nothing. It's symbolic. Whatever, you know. That's, a, that's, a, that's Satan deceiving you again to prevent you from doing anything. Okay. That makes sense? You know, we didn't just come up with this because we had nothing else to do, you know. <laughs> kind of tip the one through the tulips. Oh, I got nothing else to do. Let me come up with a proclamation for white folks. No, this is given to do. It really is. And they're going to wake it. Why do you think the enemies of this petition alone hate it so bad? They hate me for doing this. If it wasn't going to impact, why would they hate it so bad? Badly, you know? Why would they try to stop it if it's just a symbolic thing with no real meaning? You know what I'm saying? We are a living being, a spiritual living being. We have a, a bit of God in us, and we need to grow so we grow more like him, more like him, more like him. 
And, and the evil understands that. It doesn't want you to grow. So it gives you physical titles of everything. This is political. This is racist. This is male. This is female. This is that. And it shut off you from seeing that it's all spiritual. You know? And it's not political. This is spiritual. This is about freedom. This is about what is right. This is about helping others. This is about setting those in bondage free. Really, it's not just, it's not political. But if you see it in a physical sense, it is political, and that's limiting you from growing spiritually. God can care less about politics, but he cares about the people who are in bondage due to the law of the land and that kind of stuff. That makes sense? Let me do this. I saw this young man had first a long time ago. He's been very patient with me. And then the lady in the black sweater, the, this, the two here. We're going to move faster here. Yes. Uh, when I saw that proclamation of um, emancipation proclamation, I thought that was genius. I mean, yes. that, is, that is just pure genius. It, it, it so speaks to the of what's wrong with America, you know, that we're all, because this white-black thing is really s- such a good illustrator of what else is, we're being shut down yes. for freedom. It's, it's at the core of what, well, I, not it itself, but like I said, so many other avenues were being shut down, Yes, you know, from speaking. Yeah, and uh, if someone doesn't give a, 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 an emancipation proclamation for someone to speak up, it, it all goes down the tubes. You know, societies build these, build the the children of Satan, like you like to say, build a society of robots. All someone has to do to destroy that is say the word freedom. Hey, you could be free. Yeah, and that is the rock that hits Dave, that hits Goliath in the head. You know, she was saying, and a lot of people say. Oh, this isn't going to make any difference. If David would have thought that when he took his little rock, because Goliath could have ducked that rock, you know, and David could have told himself all those things. Oh, he could duck the rock. The rock ain't big enough. I don't throw hard enough. And, you know, he would have done nothing. Yeah, done nothing. Let me just say, just to add to that, um, and I'm glad you brought that up, too. It's such a powerful point about, oh, political, I'm not going to do anything, right? This is shining light. This emancipation is shining light on what's wrong in the country. It's really bringing some light into a discussion that white people are even afraid to even think about. That's more to talk about, talk about. But what I realize is that those blacks and liberal whites and Hispanics who are mad about this, they want black people, I mean white people, to be in fear. Because as long as you're in fear, they can take your stuff. They don't want it. No, don't, don't do this. Don't sign no emancipation, making them free. <laughs> they don't want you to be free. They want you to be afraid. And they'll take your stuff the rest of your life. And they'll take your children's stuff and their children's stuff. If white people become free, then the children of God are going to come together, black and white and Hispanic. It's over for the children of Satan. And then they ain't going to get no more. They ain't going to get. They're not going to get anymore. Oh, that sounds so white and so much better. <laughs> then they ain't going to get no more stuff. But they're going to have to go out then and earn their stuff. Because the white folks are not going to give it up. You think they want you to be free? No. Even in your children, if you're afraid of your kids, and then all of a sudden you start speaking up and dealing with your kid properly, which most parents don't do these days, and your kids are going to start screaming, why are you speaking up now? No, stop it. Because they, they don't want you to be free enough to even deal with them. That's how that spirit works. This is not political. This is spiritual all the way. It's spiritual. Don't, be, don't have that mindset of Satan. Have the mind of God. And he does not think like the world. That's worldly thinking to deceive you. Let me take the, the young lady in the black sweater. Yes. This is my first time here. That's why I didn't Welcome. know about it. Thank you so much. Uh, I don't know about it. I want to learn more about it. I'll go to the website. And yes. Everything. I just, I do have some concerns, like with the ERA and all this, like 
you know, the women's rights thing in the sense that it gave them special rights when, in fact, we're all subject to the Constitution, and that's what we should yeah. have been fighting for with that. that right. this. So I know, I know the point you're making. It's like if everybody else is saying they need a special proclamation or, or special, you know, I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know. I, I might be, you know, willing to sign it. I mean, it just, just to make a point. Yes. You know, you that's, I get I get what you're saying. The power's you know? in us. It's in yeah. us. It's in us. So help me, it's in yeah. us. But Satan will deceive you and let, make you think about things the way he wants you to think about them, and you'll end mm-hmm. up doing nothing. I was going to say also yesterday, I happened to be in a very upscale shopping center in our neighborhood around here. And uh, everybody goes there, though. And uh, it's a Century City shopping center. And I, there were some girls seated at, a, at a, like some card tables. And they were gorgeous, stunning young women about high school age. And uh, they had little things out, little things they were passing out. And it was something, something.org. It seemed very innocuous. And one of them came up to me and said, won't you donate to gay rights? And I said, oh, not today. Thank you so much. And I'm thinking, I'm listening, and I'm walking down the way. All of a sudden, I hear, do you believe in gay rights? Do you? And I'm going, this is a private property, a shopping center. Are you? I, I'm not sure this is, you know, like, okay here. I, I don't know if it's okay with them. So because I've never heard political discourse there, and I'm uncomfortable with it while I'm shopping. I mean, I don't happen to be gay, but even if I was gay, it would make me uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I called them later, and she said, oh, them again, you know, the manager. And she said, uh, actually, I said, when are they scheduled to be there? I'm not sure I want to, you know, shop under those circumstances. She goes, they come and go anytime they please. We are talking with their attorneys. So apparently that aspect of private property rights is going with me. Right. I'm telling you. What's so interesting about this, the children of Satan are doing exactly what they want, what they want where they want, when they want. And they're, and they're getting away with it. They're little Muscovites yeah. that are being bred right now. Yes. Yes. Generation, generation. Yes. You better wake up, folks. I'm telling you, you better wake up. Douglas, what do you think about all this? Any disagreement at all? Hold on just a minute. We have about a minute and a half left for this. I guess I kind of understand her point where I see it. Um, uh, I don't know. From my perspective, it's like, okay, so you get the 100,000 signatures, and then what happens after that? Good. And you know what I, I say? To, I have a, let me give you that answer first because of time. I don't know what's going to happen after that. And I'm not concerned at this point what's going to happen after that. I'm going with what's happening right now because that's all we have is right now. And God will unfold this thing as he would your life in the way you would go. Satan wants you to worry about what happened after that. Don't go there. You know, don't go there with him. Go ahead. Yeah. You don't need to know. You do not need to know. But he'll have you saying, well, what's going to happen after that? Nothing. And you'll do nothing. It comes across like uh, to me, if, I understand taking a leap of faith, but it still goes back to the a point I made before about um, trying to um, deal with spiritual issues through political means. And um, uh, I have to think about what I need to say because I haven't really thought about it thoroughly. But I just think that if you're going to have a plan of action, it sh- it sh- there should be some faith involved, but there also should be a well-thought-out plan. No. No. It should be guided. Well, I think that's why... Because when you think ahead of things like this and other issues, you are taking it in a course that God is not taking it, and it will not work. All right, if you say so. You don't believe that? Uh, to a degree, I do, and then uh, to another tr- degree, I don't. Either we trust God or we don't trust him. Uh, well, I don't see it as a thing of trusting God. I, just, I see it as a thing of I want to accomplish something that is good, and, What's uh, not good about white Americans being free of fear? I don't know if you can do that through legislation. We're doing it through God, the help of Christ. We're doing it spiritually. You, well, I, I don't have any law in mind, or I'm not trying to get some law passed. Right now, we just put it out there, get the people to sign it. I don't know what's going to happen. One thing that is happening is open up a discussion. White Americans and others are starting to think, and then they also see, wow, these blacks really don't want us free. I thought it was about rights for all. It's really not. Why am I afraid? And then hopefully blacks who are mad about this will say, wow, I thought I, wanted, I, I thought I wanted this life to be equal. 
I don't want it to be equal. I want it to be what I can take from somebody. That alone is spiritual and very deep to me. So let the fear go. Get involved, folks. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you for coming. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program, or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. You're already home.